Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello, I'm Andrew Doyle and welcome to Headliners. Joining me tonight are two top comedians. The first in the form of Kerry Marks. And of course, he was hosting last night, but is now back where he belongs in the pecking order. It's <laughs> as my guest, it's Nick Dixon. But it was planned. It wasn't because of my performance last night. No, you haven't been demoted. Thank you. Don't worry about that. I made that absolutely clear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to crack on by first looking at tomorrow's front pages. We're going to start with the Daily Mail, and they run with Rob Justice is being held to ransom. So this is the Justice Secretary criticising barristers who are going on strike. On to the Telegraph now, and they lead with refugee host cash should be doubled. That's the impact of rising energy prices on those who have taken in Ukrainian refugees. They also have GCSE and A-levels not fit for purpose, says Blair. Is there anything that Blair doesn't have an opinion on? <laughs> and then the front cover, The Guardian, and they run with Trust cut millions from services that kept sewage off UK beaches. We're going to be talking about that in just one moment. And also Ellen White on her retirement. It's time to watch the next generation shine. The Financial Times leads with UK inflation projected to top 18% as gas prices surge and also BA to cut 10,000 flights from winter schedule as disruptions continue into 2023. Front page of the mirror, they lead with phone assault fury. Ronaldo doesn't feel sorry at all. He left me crying and shaking. So this is the ongoing story of the mother who claims that Ronaldo smashed her autistic son's phone out of his hand. Then onto the front cover of the Times, they go with spiralling inflation forecast to hit 18%. Pretty self-explanatory, that one. We'll be talking about that in a moment. Oh, and also winter woe for air passengers as BA cancels 10,000 flights. The Metro leads with snowflakes blocking A and E. And this is various people going into hospital, making demands for treatment for, for trivial things such as dandruff. And also uh, something to do with Harry Styles there that I don't care about. And the front page of the Daily Star, they lead with nap to future. Tests prove that we can benefit from a snooze at work. And we all knew that. And uh, those are your front covers. Kicking off with Tuesday's Financial Times and great news. Everything is going to be OK. Oh, no, it's not, is it? No, Nick, it's not, going to be very bad, actually. Yeah, not massively. So FT says UK inflation to hit 18.6% next year. This is according Ouch. to Citi, the American bank, and that would make it the highest since 1976. If you feel like we're going back to the 70s, we totally are. Now, others are more moderately, like Goldman Sachs and EY, uh, predicting a mere 15 or 13%, a very chilled-out level of inflation. And, uh, the, and the, the problem is that people are saying Liz Truss's policies won't really have much impact on it. And the Bank of England is saying it's going to be in double figures for the next 12 months, then back to 2% by April 2024, they predict. I wonder, as a layman who doesn't really understand the economy, how much, <laughs> how much this is to do with lockdown? Because some people say the PPI number was already bad, inflation was already coming. But also, everyone's, you know, any economist will say, if, you have, if you're printing all this money, yeah. but then you, you slow down or pretty much stop products and services, it could, you know, it's, it's going to cause inflation. Well, absolutely. I mean, sure, I'm sure quantitative easing has a, had a lot to do with it and the pandemic and the war in Ukraine. And I think this is a good, an interesting question, isn't it? To what extent can Liz Truss or maybe 
Rishi Sunak, possibly, slim chance, do anything really about this? What do you think, Karen? Um, I, well, I think everything's going on to do with everything, as you're saying. I think everything's having knock-on effects all over the place. And uh, I think the biggest problem is, first of all, City have been wrong in the past, but they're always wrong in the wrong direction. It's, right. it's normally it's been worse than they predicted. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you see, that's so my only hope. is already worrying. Because economic predictions are always well off, right? Yeah. So, well, hopefully, they're just all wrong. My feeling is always just I, there's a sense where you want them to shut up. Yeah. Because oh, they cause this by talking about it, the, the panic. And already we're seeing this in the, the part that bothers me, the comedy clubs, where people are afraid to come out because they're hearing constantly about the rising prices, cost yeah. of living and so on. Uh, and as a result, that has that knock-on effect, whereas what uh, they really need right now is to come out and have a laugh with us. I completely agree. I think comedians are yeah. the real victims here. Yeah. Totally, and of everything, and I'll be making that point throughout the no show. No-one's talked enough about the effect on your career totally. of this economy. <laughs> it's been left out, and I think it's... Uh, I'm going to bring it back to the main headlines. Uh, you know, but you're right, they, headlines should, and... they should come out and love, because every few days we get another story about this, that uh, the projected level of inflation is worse than we were going to think, the prices yes. are even higher than we thought they were going to be. When's it going to end? Nick, be positive. Well, as I said, I'm not an economic expert, but I should... Probably a few days. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be fine by, by the weekend, probably, won't it? Yeah. I think yeah. there's things we can do. Communal baths, I think, are good. Like, rather than having baths at home. Is this how you try to sell people on I've, your ideas? Look, trust me, I these are good ideas. With, with, with the rich, if we bath with the richest people in the country in big communal baths, I think this will be sorted out very fast. I've just found out I live very near to Kerry. I'm a bit worried I'm going to get invited for a communal bath. Nothing wrong with that. The Romans used to do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> They're legitimate. Look what happened to them. <laughs> their their civilisation collapsed. Yeah. But it wasn't because of the bathing. It's happening anyway. Anyway, so, we may as well at least bathe together. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, our... Uh, you know, we'll do that after the show, won't we, Kerry? Anyway, Tuesday's Guardian. And Liz uh, may want to wait for it. Wash her hands of these rumours. Carry nice, on. very nice. Right, There's a lot it? of metaphor going on with this story from The Guardian that uh, uh, Liz Truss has sewage on her hands, not literally, but... Well, she might have literally. We don't know no. that at all. We haven't checked her hands. Uh, when she was environment... She might communal bath. Totally, <laughs> totally, that's how it starts. Uh, when she was environment secretary, uh, or as she would put it, I am a person who is environmental secretary. Um, <laughs> she loves saying I'm a person who it really bothers yeah, me, yeah, so yeah. I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> but she, she didn't uh, provide enough funding, or she cut funding, uh, to tackle water pollution. Uh, and as a result, as well as everything else that is bad right now, we have rising levels of poo uh, everywhere, and, and that includes sewage in the seas. Yeah, but the way, the, that this is dangerous. Been, the, the, way, the way this has been reported over the past few days is that it's almost as though people think the Tories want to dump loads of sewage in the in Maybe the they do. I don't Maybe think they, they had do. a meeting <laughs> and they said there just isn't enough poo in the seas right now. Right, well, I mean, that would certainly, you know, go along with uh, people's sort of hatred of the Tories and their, their assumptions about how evil they are. But it's not really the case, is it, Nick? That's not what happened here. There was a vote to an amendment to the Environmental mm -hmm. Act in the House of Commons and they were trying to improve the way in which the, the water companies are monitored when it came to sewage. Thank but... you, Andrew. I knew you were a secret Tory. Um, <laughs> Twitter was right. But, yeah, this is a classic Guardian hit piece. They're getting in there hit on this trust before she's even in there. And I say they've got sewage on their conscience. Oh, uh, <laughs> the gloves are off. <laughs> They're always... They're it's just... a battle of words here it's tonight. A battle of metaphor. Basically, what it is... You're looking for something to cut, aren't you, as a politician, as a, you know, the government, you want to cut some funds. You look at this, you think, unless you physically have sewage on your hands, as discussed, you probably think, we could just cut this. But I think it's slightly overblown. I don't think it's going to be sewage gate, but maybe that would also solve it, a sewage gate. A gate know. might well do. <laughs> it's just puns now. Yeah. I mean, she, she was oh, in, entrusted with cutting substantially 
the budget, right? Yes. So she had to find a way to do so. It's not as though she just said, I'm just going to cut that yeah. just for the hell of it. I'm I mean, pro there's, sewage. There's more to, I'm pro sewage. <laughs> there's, more, there's more going on here, isn't there? You Karen? can argue what's going on here, but either way, it's pretty grim. I mean, we're going to see a new kind of uh, Jaws-type film where we'll have someone swimming in the sea and we'll have the music dum-dum. Dum dum, and there will be this, this poo following them. I mean, it's pretty, and... it's pretty grim, and people are swimming obviously on the beach, and they don't want to think about those kind of things. Yeah, but it's have, worse you, have you met shark, some of those people? Some of the worst of British people go to our beach. I don't like to talk about <laughs> British people in a negative way. How or large you? people, I'm, I'm fine with whatever. So, but, but somehow our beaches do attract a whole load of people shoving cigarettes and burgers into children's faces. So what you're saying is they deserve I, it. I, well, I think the sewage has been, been complaining about the riffraff on the beach for quite a while Goodness now. me. I don't know who's so, the more right-wing on this panel. I mean... I was going to say that's a North, North on the Metro Lib thing. That's why we shouldn't <laughs> well, bring them on the show. But apparently, you know, if we were to, uh, you know, sort this problem out, which would mean completely revamping all of the sewage system, this Victorian system, I mean, it says it's going to cost between 150 and 660 billion, and that would mean a price hike for everyone individually, every family per year, from 569 up to 999, right? That's huge. That's not really feasible, is it? I just laughed at me and Kerry decided to look at the actual story rather than do sewage puns. He's <laughs> 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 really gone into detail on yeah. the sewage. Uh... No, actually, that, like, that like... isn't in this article. Like, I didn't that's know we were doing facts, yeah. but OK. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but this does sort of suggest, I mean, the last thing people want is a massive hike. On their on their on their bills, right? So actually sorting this out is not going to be as easy as. And if you don't every now and then pump out the raw sewage, what happens? It goes back up into households, right? You when they've only had to do this recently because of the heavy. So water. what's your solution? That's right? what I was if, wondering. If you, you were sorry. Well, no, you want my solution? I was going to say, if Andrew, if you if you were sewage czar, what would be your solution? <laughs> I don't have a solution. I'm just raising the problem. Who in the sea? Uh, Don't do it in your homes. Yeah, get rid of toilets. Yeah. We've solved it. <laughs> Communal easy. baths. Yeah. And, uh, and don't get... Don't Read fish toilets. that like it. Yep, there we go. I knew we, we invited Kerry for a reason. Anyway, I'm going to move on now. This is uh, Tuesday's Metro now. Rubbish in Edinburgh. No, not the Fringe Festival. Some actual rubbish here. <laughs> Taking away all my a, jokes. It wasn't a review. Um, yeah, rubbish piles up in streets of Edinburgh on filth... On, I said filth. Freudian, it's fifth day of bin strike. Not that Freudian, really, but um, yeah. So there's a, there's been a bin strike. Just in case you were worried, there weren't enough strikes. This is just <laughs> another strike because yeah. they wanted a pay increase. Now, now, Costler, who are the umbrella organisation, uh, offered the two percent pay rise, brought it up to three point five. That wasn't enough. Now they're talking about eight or nine for the lower paid workers, slightly lower for higher paid workers. And I don't know if this is deliberately done in the festival to cause maximum impact, but obviously it will. The only plus side is that it's going to slightly annoy some comedians, and we all hate comedians here, but um, I wonder if you'd even notice in London if there was a bin strike. I think Haringey Council's been on strike for about 10 years. I mean, it is pretty grim. I mean, I was in Edinburgh very briefly a couple of weeks ago, and it was bad then, even before the strike, and it was like, because there are so many people there, like, with all their junk food wrappers. Yeah, and many, and many of them all are the, Scottish. All the bins are overflowing. I mean, I thought it might be art. It might have been a, a street yes. art or something. I don't know. But a bit of money beside it. and uh, Yeah, I just threw some money at it. I think you're right, though, also, that it might well be done just to... Uh, because the festival's on, but also just to annoy performers. Every year there's something. Yeah. Every year you go to the Edinburgh Festival, you pay a fortune for accommodation, and then for some reason there's the street works that happen that particular month right outside your accommodation. Yeah. It's loud, it's obnoxious and so on. So a bin strike is just... I just think they, they had a meeting and they went, what else can we do to How really can we annoy, annoy the comedians? You remember year? there was that tram thing where they were re rebuilding half the city during the fr oh, yeah. fringe. It was an, an absolute nightmare for... Went on for ages. A tram line that took about 10 years to build, yeah. it? and there was no explanation <laughs> of how it could possibly take that long. It was very, very I don't strange. I think bin strike sounds like it's past tense, doesn't it? It's not the perfect strike name, is it? 
It's a binge strike. It's a binge well, strike. Well, if it's over, that's fine. It's been, <laughs> no, really. I just, it's been, anyway, we've got to move on now. <laughs> what? To, it was a great pun, Kerry. I've got more. It wasn't a reflection on that. Damn, uh, okay. But we do have to move on to Tuesday's Times now, and is justice in peril? The barristers are on strike, and they're mm. hard to feel sorry for at first because we know barristers can make a lot of money. Um, but apparently, uh, uh, at the lower end of barristering, yes. uh, they don't make enough to... It, it can be lower than minimum wage. Minimum wage and um, uh, according to the Times, the barristers have overwhelmingly backed a strike that will um, bring the criminal courts to a halt and exacerbate the backlog in the justice uh, uh, system. So the backlog seems to be coming up a lot here. At the moment. I think we've got a sewage theme going Another on. sewage thing. I'm surprised by that, because I'm with you. I assumed barristers were all rich. Yeah. They're talking here about junior barristers. They even found someone who, as a barrister, also worked as a barista uh, and found that she earned more money as a barista than a barrister. Yeah. I can see that they deliberately went out of their way to find someone who'd done they both of those They must have really jobs. worked hard for that. Yeah, you know, perfect. clearly. Yes. Um, but I, didn't, I just didn't realise that. I mean, apparently, last year, lots of people quit... Uh, as barristers, and they most of them cited poor pay. I'm genuinely shocked by this. Yeah, it's to do with legal aid rates falling, but it, it's... They, honestly, they should just tell us w which industries aren't on strike at the moment. That would be mm. quicker. Like, puppeteers not on strike still, you know, because every story, we just did bin strike, it's trade Will all strikes. the puppeteers yeah. who want to go on strike put your hands down? <laughs> but there are <laughs> some point. things, like, oh, I mean, on, bin, bin, good. <laughs> bin good. strikes and the barrister strikes. Okay. I mean, we need, we need these people, otherwise what, everything gets... Andrew, you're the sewage czar. Why are so many, <laughs> why are so many strikes happening? Day. How, have we just returned to the <laughs> 70s? Is it, is it just ongoing leftism combined with the ineffective no. Tory party? What has actually happened? We, we've got... Or is it lockdown? No, is it net zero it, madness? I feel like every industry is striking. There's no people chance people no... just aren't getting paid enough for, for, uh, compared to inflation. Yeah, people have no money. As well. Yes, but what's the cause of that? Well, inflation and the cost of living crisis and the rising energy bills. But what's the cause of that? Oh, for goodness sake. You want me to solve all the world's trouble? Oh, well, yeah, if you could. I mean, it can do, but that's going to be the rest of the show, me explaining all of this stuff. And we do have other stories to we get on We need a but... comedian strike. That's what the problem. But it's really hard strike. for comedian strike. Well, we're, we're like the fourth uh, or maybe fifth emergency service, maybe sixth. You can't keep saying laughter is the best medicine and then punish us with the cost of it, that everything is against doing comedy the, now. It's making it impossible. The so problem is, Kerry... I don't we, know how we protest, but If we, we went on strike, no-one would care. That's yeah, the real problem That here. is a real downer on it, and I yeah. haven't solved that one No, yet. that's the... That's Plus, we would be... Uh, other people would cut us out, but... Lockdown exposed how superfluous we were. Yeah. I say we, because I've retired Talk it. I mean, you. Yeah. <laughs> no idea this now. I'm a media personality. Fundamental flaw in your plan I think there. it's why COVID happened, actually. This wasn't enough laughter. <laughs> OK, well, on to Tuesday's Telegraph now. One for the Malthusians out there. Kerry, what's this about? Uh, Europe's population is to halve as surging house prices force couples to have fewer children. So, it, basically, every we're talking about knock-on effects, and mm. one of the knock-on effects is people can't afford houses for the number of children they're having. As a result, uh, we're expecting the population in Europe to go down from 350 million uh, uh, by the end of the 21st century... Uh, is that sorry, how it fewer works, than that, to, down to uh, from from 700 million as it is today. But do poorer so, families necessarily have fewer children? My mother was one of ten, and they were dirt poor. Well, no, maybe I that's think why they were dirt poor. It's always seen the other way, hasn't it? They've got nothing else to do, so they just uh, oh, right. Just I mean, fill a few hours. So I mean, it, I mean, this this is sort of predicated on the idea that people will say, well, because I've got less money, we'll have less fewer children. Is that the way it works, Nick? Yeah, like, to me. They, the, the sort of elites and the kind of elite Western way of thinking now, they have it exactly backwards because they have this kind of, as your intro said, Malthusian idea about the, the population is too high, whereas Elon Musk has pointed out it's actually too low and we're going to need people to man our societies and we know that Western birth rates are too low. So what we have is... Too low for what? To replicate us, ourselves and man our own societies successfully. Nah, Musk thinks it's which, the which, nah what does Elon know? Well, let me give the full thing. <laughs> have you so, met children? 
Have They're you met really Elon annoying. Musk? He's very smart. You, you're part of the, yeah, the more, like, say, liberal kind of death I'm, cult. No, I'm very much the other way. I'm all the talk on abortion. I, I know my views are unusual, but I feel it should be compulsory. That, that's unusual. For everyone. Yeah. And I, we eat everything that's left. Have a big party. Enjoy, you know... Well, I would ban it out with a bang, not would, reproduce at all. Totally. I, I would ban abortion abuse, so for no one can say GB doesn't represent both sides. <laughs> but but like, allow me to finish, Kerry, because my point okay. is... It, well, because my point is, in th this article at the end, it, someone suggests that maybe we need more immigration to solve the problem. But if house prices are so high and there's a uh, supply and demand issue, mm. surely we have too many people in the short term. So if we had less immigration in the short term, we'd have more houses. But in the long term, our birth rates are too low. So that's what I'm saying. In the short term, we do have a population problem. In the long term, we have the opposite problem, that it's too low. So I think they have the exact wrong way of looking at it. OK, very interesting. I think we're well, seeing it from different angles. I'm, I'm seeing fewer cute TikToks with kids... You know, you and as a result, with less kids. children. That's, I mean, this is all that this is about. You just videos. Yeah, you're just a curmudgeonly anti-child. That way, maybe I'm discovering something about myself. Well, maybe you are. Hell anyway, on to Tuesday's Metro, and uh, who better to, to talk about one of the <laughs> finest footballers of our generation, but Nick Dixon. Yes, uh, England legend Ellen White pens emotional farewell as she retires from football. I think the producers have given me this sort of trolling me because I famously don't watch women's football well, and I never will. Well, I didn't know Ellen White was. Neither did I. But and she's a legend. I didn't she's know. a legend of the women's game. Okay. And, uh, and I have to be so careful because I got hissed by the audience of Free Speech Nation the show where you're supposed to be able to say what you want for saying that I didn't like women's football and didn't watch it, hissed on Andrew Doyle's Free Speech Nation. Good. So you're not allowed well, to not like women's football. People Good. are free but to hiss. That's part of free speech No, you're as sexist. Well. It's disgusting. Look, I'm not sexist, but I have realised, finally, yeah. how everyone else feels when I talk about normal football because they just don't care at all, which is how I feel about women's football. I mean, let's be really honest. The US, I hate to be mean, but the, the United States team that had won the World Cup were beaten, the women's team, were beaten by a group of 15-year-old boys. So I'd like to hear their emotional farewell letter. But, you know, people keep going on about this, <laughs> you know, that, that the, um, the women's team, you know, won't be as good as the men's team. But that's, that's obviously the case. But isn't it... I mean, I'm not a fan of either the men's or the women's game. So, I mean, Kerry, isn't it just as much fun to watch a Amazingly so. And uh, you could argue that in, in, in many ways there's more skill in the women's game. But the truth what? is, I don't know what I'm talking about. I never watched... <laughs> Watch football, so and you I don't, don't care one way. Either. I thought she wrote a beautiful farewell letter. I didn't read it, but it said it was somewhere <laughs> or other. So I'm sure. It's, I look. I don't think we can complain about women's football for a long time. Pe people in my profession in, in comedy have been hoping for a sport that wouldn't take people away from the comedy clubs. They're still coming out even <laughs> during the women's Euros. So I think it's a great game for that. People even during the final, people still came in straight afterwards and watched the comedy unaffected. Clever. So that was nice. You ended up saying something more misogynist than the clever way. That's what I do. That's what I do. I set whatever, it up so I get away with stuff. Whatever you say about stuff. it, the women's but game, I'll I mean, the women's the final... I mean, the, loads of people watch that. I mean, it's obviously becoming yeah, okay. a much more mainstream <laughs> sport, isn't it? Whether you like it or not. No, I, honestly, I did watch the final. I was okay. uh, I was at a club. I watched it before. Uh, these, I, I, if I'm watching a game, I can enjoy it. And it was a great game. And they played really well. Um, big fan. There we go. He's just redeemed himself <laughs> in the last moment of part one. Anyway... Let's crack on. Uh, so a Tuesday now from sorry, story now from Tuesday's <laughs> Mail. This is work from home proving to be a bit of a sticky situation, Kerry. <laughs> um, working from home has led to a problem. We, oh, when I say we, I don't mean us, but some members of the public now have a problem with porn addiction. Goodness me. Um, which has increased massively. And apparently when, um, uh, when remote working, porn addiction became widespread. 
We're getting a lot of these words coming up now, like backlog and widespread and so on, that are very opportune. Systemic. Um, well, I don't understand yeah. this is, though. People are seeking medical help yes. for porn addiction. I didn't know you could do that. Um, you can get help with any kind of addiction. I'm I not had, asking I for had, myself, by the way. I, mean, I had an addiction to hypnotists, but I, I managed to quit by smoking. <laughs> very um, good. I was seeing a hypnotist every morning. Um, <laughs> Nick, what do you think? Is it all right to do jokes again? It's great. It's all right. Andrew, Andrew well, can't laugh because he's dead inside. I am dead I, inside. We, and I am as, as well, but I, we both got it. Um, okay. Yeah, I've never heard of this porn. I don't know why they've given me this story, but it's... Uh, <laughs> it's no, it, I have a similar problem to you, Kate. I'm, I'm at home trying to watch porn. I suddenly find myself working when I'm supposed to be watching porn. Do you know what I mean? I just yes. drift off and end up doing that. It says here that the... Um, the largest sex and porn addiction clinic in Britain, which is the Laurel Centre, Kerry knows it, says it's now treating some remote workers who watch up to 14 hours of porn a day. I mean... It, what? It's, I'm not it's awake their, for that long. Is that bad? It's, it's their penises. I feel so They bad. need a separate clinic for their trauma. <laughs> <laughs> 14 hours. The point, I mean, here is that, like, has this all developed... Because of lockdown, is it just the case that people got used to being at home... It's and another they just... unintended consequence of lockdown. Right. It's also... It's, it's free... And it's available. It's one of the few things left that's actually free. Once you've got the internet, of course, it's... I mean, compared to the old days where it was on a top shelf and, and that was unkind to short people. You know, short people weren't able to watch porn for decades. Yes. Yeah, and they had probably. to go up and make excuses at the they counter. They didn't know what it was. And so on, so, no, they had no idea. And they were happier as a result. They looked great from, from down there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but the, apparently uh, some people, it's uh, 11 hours a day... But I suppose it depends what those 11 hours are. It might be 11 hours of just um, not being able to find what you want or well, 11 hours of being excited. My understanding of pornography is so. there's a lot of storytelling and a lot of narrative. So most of that could probably just be establishing yeah. the plot. Someone who loves the story. Like yeah. Lord of the Rings style yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. But I'm a bit disturbed about all the signs of addiction. It says addiction is a sign of a life that is unhappy and not being well managed. I'm like, am I an addict? <laughs> it must be. Apparently. There's Let's no other explanation. Let's Tuesday's Independent now. Apple employees... Very insistent about working from home. What yeah, petition why, launched to demand Apple staff can work from home. Genius by our producer, Martin, to put these two back to back. So <laughs> Apple's instruction that his staff should return to offices has been met with strong opposition from porn addicts. Ob's. And, uh, yes, yeah, Tim Cook uh, suggested a while ago in a, in a memo in September that they should come back to work. And, they, and it says here Apple's already attempted to bring its workers back to the office once before, like they're sheep that it's like trying to get them back. This and they is won't. so weird to me. Like people have got used to being at home and they, they like it. They don't. They clearly don't like their colleagues. We've had people uh, apparently retire. People taking early retirement is through the roof now. Everyone's just got used to not working, right? But which is great if you've got money. But yeah, they, I don't understand it. They realise they don't like their jobs. They don't like commuting. They're also probably, if they work at Apple, they're probably left these millennials and Zoomers bit soft, and they just rather not come in. You can skive a lot easier at home. You can than you can in you an can. office. I and mean, when you're doing it at home, you don't have to walk around with a clipboard. No, you know, there's no pretenses that you have to make, and you can, as we have said with the juxtaposition of these stories, uh, you can get away with uh, watching a fair bit of porn at home, which you wouldn't be able to do in the office. You know what? I get when it. When people came back to the office, a lot of men just walked in with their penises out, yeah. thinking this is okay. That now. did not happen, Kerry. Can I say okay, one thing? Happen. Go on. You can tell when Kerry last had a proper job by the fact he said clipboard. Well, this like, is, what, what job were you this doing? This is what I was going to say. We don't know about this stuff. We don't do <laughs> nine to work five. With a clipboard. Kerry, when was the last time you had a nine-to-five job? Um, uh, well, I'm 56 and I would have been 19. Right, there we go. Your, your last serious <laughs> job was magician. Not an expert. Let's move on as Tuesday's mail. <laughs> <laughs> one about Sony Playstations or... Uh, should I say Sony Paystations, Kerry? I'll tell you what's going on. Millions of Sony PlayStation customers in the UK could claim a share of up to £5 billion in damages if a new deal were claimed filed against the gaming giant is successful. 
They're going to get a share. Okay, so um, they're going to get a share in what could be a five million pound claim based on the fact that Sony has abused its market. Now, I can only give you the sentence here. Uh, the claim alleg alleg uh, alleges that Sony abused its market-dominant position to impose unfair terms and conditions on game developers and publishers. And Nick will explain what that means. No, it means they had high prices, right? Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad they, it just means that. Are because they entitled to do that? Like, yeah. I mean, if that's, you... No, that's what I thought, but apparently it's, uh, they have... Uh, some agreement with other game developers and so on about what they're able to do and what they're not. So, so they have I, restrictions? Because I just thought, you know... There are restrictions. If I don't want something that's too expensive, I don't buy it. I don't sue them But for they were unwittingly overcharged. That's the, that's the part. I don't know, but that's what it says okay, here. Okay, it does say those words. You don't notice that. And, um, <laughs> because of, it was the digital games. We None of us understand this stuff. I saw a glimpse don't. of this and I thought, yes, free market, they can charge what they like. But yes, apparently, no, there are rules. But unwittingly is not. That was my problem. Let's just accept that we don't know what this is about. There should be wit. To Tuesday's mirror. Now, is it too late to have buy a PlayStation? That's what I want to know. This but... one's about tantrums. Do we know anything about this subject, Nick? Uh, loads. This is uh, mm. in the mirror, and maths expert calculates exact formula for predicting backseat tantrums. So, Dr. James Hind, he's good at uh, Nottingham Trent University, has he's worked out the formula. Yes. It's T equals seventy plus 0.5 e plus fifteen e minus ten s. Sorry, what does that mean? I was close mean? myself. That's what I would have used, yeah. and, and I'll explain it more for you, Andrew. Yeah, go on. Outline what this means. Well, T is, the, is, the t is time, and that's the average time the child will typically take to throw a tantrum, and that's 70 minutes. OK. And the chances of that are reduced by E, which is entertainment, and F, which is food, which will delay it by 15 minutes. But having siblings in the car will increase the chances of backseat breakdowns by 10 minutes, which I can confirm, having clever brother. And it found that the average child will ask, are we nearly there yet, 32 minutes into a car journey. So it suggests different ways to avoid this. Uh, and which is like snacks and entertainment and bribing children. I would have just gone with a sort of Victorian culture of fear and discipline, but um, they've, they've said, no, it, give them snacks and bribes. And Do you mean, Oakley, you... kill one of the ch children, the other one behaves a lot better. Yes, that's true. Well, that's, that's a brutal proven. approach. But I know, we need a too formula much. to deal with being a parent. I, I know there's no I rule love, book. Well, the, but... the, the times he's giving here are all, I think, averages. Like, it's not exactly 32 minutes before they say, are we nearly there yet? So these figures are meaningless. Well, how does it's it not, help? No, it's the average child, but it is exactly 32 minutes. It's it is the not. average child. No, it's not. If it doesn't say the average time, oh. so it is 30 minutes. No, exactly. How does it help from a parental point of this view? This is really important. And how? What he's discovered well, is Have that you got kids? He's just, no, because... Clearly but, not. Have you not heard I, anything he said tonight? <laughs> this is brilliant. This is like giving a child food will actually stop them being upset for a few minutes. This guy discovered this. Okay. He's a scientist. And he discovered something that no one really... It was worth him doing this. Uh, if there are siblings in the car, they're more likely to get uh, excitable. So, he's th so what, what you're saying, this is another study and something we already Really important, knew. yeah, really, really useful. Every, every week on the programme, we have at least one scientist who's discovered something that everyone has known for as long as there have been cars and The solution is just don't have kids, Yes, really. That would be the solution. Oh, wow. we've, we've smashed it then between yeah, this panel. That, well, you don't know my, one. my illegitimate ones, uh, which uh, I <laughs> lose count of, to be honest. I'm like Boris Johnson. Anyway, we finish this section on a particularly niche concern of mine, French private jets. <laughs> OK, I know a lot about this topic, Kerry, so do tread carefully. I will tread very carefully because Macron uh, is... Uh, it says here it's to clip wings of private jets, which mm. at first I thought, obviously, that's just another metaphor, but it turns out it's real. Um, Macron, uh, President of France, is actually going around with giant toe clippers and clipping pieces of wings off aeroplanes yeah. to see if they can... I haven't read the story. But he is friendly. You haven't read the story. <laughs> I can, I can, I can um, explain Nick, if you want. Nick can jump I, in and save the day. I know, like. there's, I know there's been a lot of celebrities who've been uh, 
using private jets like uh, Kylie Jenner, yes. um, flying small distances, like only 40 miles. Uh, yeah. And, of course, it's obviously it's not good for the planet. Well, it, it apparently pollutes, a bad example. yeah, 14 times more than right. uh, per mile on a passenger jet. So yeah. it's obviously not good for the environment, so therefore they're... I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it, to clamp down on people who are misusing it? Oh, no? totally. I mean, well, Nick doesn't seem to agree. No, because the, the hypocrisy is incredibly annoying of the elites swanning around in private jets telling us about yes. the environment. But... The solution is not to get rid of private jets, it's to not have restrictions on the rest of us. Because this is kind of lowest common denominator thinking. It's like the grammar schools. They got rid of grammar schools because not everyone could go to them. They replaced them with rubbish comprehensive schools that everyone could go to. It's this lowest common denominator thinking. Just get rid of restrictions on our lives instead. Let us all <coughs> potentially have private jets and stop going on a bit. Because you're not going to get rid of the gap between the elites and the rest of the population anyway. Partly it's mathematical, it's the Pareto distribution, as you know. But but also, green, making, putting green measures in actually makes people poorer, doesn't it? So actually, yes. you're increasing the gap between the elites anyway. But it affects working class people and, and, and poorer people. But then surely the richer people who, who don't have to worry about money, they should be taxed more. If they're going to have these extravagant means of transportation, shouldn't that be? Oh, they can be taxed more, yeah. But aren't they just talking about trying to just actually restrict it? Well, I think they're talking about add, uh, making it more expensive for them and putting measures in place to stop them from... Oh, well, then, may, then maybe it. I do support it. Maybe you do, just because you don't like rich people. No, I like rich people. If you're going to tax it in a reasonable way, I could support that. I'm not a monster. Yeah. But I just think this... It, it, to me, it looks like some sort of virtue signaling thing that's not really going to do anything, but let's see. All right. Well, and the best jokes of the fringe. Are you glad you've retired from the circuit, Nick? Yeah, I am, but not for this reason. Um, <laughs> I, and I will come back. If my audience wants me to, I'll come back and do a, a special show. But I just, I've stopped doing the circuit gigs. But the point is, this is Masai Graham, who I've met, very nice guy, and he has won the best joke of the fringe... The joke's not that great. I think he's got better ones. I'm going to slightly improve it now. Because, of course, <laughs> cause wow. I, but that's, that's not very... That's not uh, any shame, because I'm one of the best joke writers <laughs> in the country. So, no, he says... The joke is, I tried to steal spaghetti from the shop, but the female guard saw me and I couldn't get past her. Now, I would take out female, because, yes, he thinks you need it in there because past her, but if you take out female, it's more of a surprise, and then the audience in their head can go, oh, therefore it was a woman. Now, he may have tried that and found it didn't work because they may have subconsciously thought it was a man. This so, is amazing. What? Do you know what this is like? Do you, have you seen the film Amadeus, where Mozart, yeah. where Mozart meets Salieri, and Salieri's written him a tune, yeah. and Mozart just starts improving it immediately yeah. and adding all these extra flourishes? That's what you've just done to this Well, because guy's female guard, you're thinking, why is that word female there? And I don't believe you need it. Now, he may have tried it both ways, and he can email me, he can tweet in, because <laughs> he might have said, no, Nick, actually, that didn't work that way. Right. And can I, I mean, just say, for fairness, his 2016 joke I thought was very strong. He said, my dad suggested I register for a donor card. He's a man after my own heart. And that is good. And he apparently, it was so good, he had a heart attack himself the next day. That's true. And that's, that's how true. powerful that Harry, joke was. Now, the thing about these jokes of the fringe, and I always feel this, I've felt this for a long time, oh. it's a bit unfair because the only jokes that could possibly be eligible for that competition are the ones that you could tweet out. The one-liner puns, effectively. And they're, so they're almost never the best jokes of the, the fringe. The ones that are on the, the best jokes of the fringe, that you, you, you see these write-ups in lots of the media, um, are normally just handed in by the... Uh, um, by, by whoever's doing the press for Absolutely. the act, right? Yeah. That's by the PR. Yeah. Um, so they, they don't mean anything at all. But as far as the best joke of the fringe, this one is the worst of it all. I once won worst joke of the fringe. Worst joke of the fringe? Worst joke of the fringe. What was it? Now, let me tell you the story, though, <laughs> yeah. is that uh, I was doing a gig at the Stand Comedy Club pre-fringe, yeah. and it was a press launch night, so it's a big audience, and my angle was to go... I didn't want to do any of my sets. So I went on and said, these are jokes that didn't make it into my show. That was okay. the point. That's the point. These are jokes that weren't good enough for my show. And the one of them... And they all got laughed because of the angle, yeah, right? Sure. And the one Context. of them that won the worst joke of the fringe was... This was just after Michael Jackson had died. So the joke was, um, if I can even call it that, 
Uh, Michael Jackson has just died. There'll be a lot of jokes about it, which will rely on making fun of his lyrics. And I'm not going to do that because that's bad. That's bad. Okay. You know it. It's bad, right? Now, I understand. That was going to be a bad joke, and that was quite bad. It was, yes, it was bad. bad, right? You know did they it, yeah. say, you know it. When, you had the, when you won the worst joke, did uh, they at least say, in the context, no. Kerry was saying these are bad jokes? No, it wasn't in my show, and they made it look like it was one of my jokes. I've changed my mind. You would have sold that joke. That is quite funny. You would have sold that Look, really most well. of the ones who've won this, are they're, they're all puns. There's some good jokes on There's here. There's some good ones, yeah. But surprisingly, Fair, where they had a the good ones at the top are the winning ones. I'm not going to repeat them all, but they are pun jokes. Kerry, I think your bad joke is better than some of the ones on this list. Well, the best I do show, as well. To be honest. Anyway, we've got to move on. This is Tuesday's Independent now, and uh, two topics I'm incredibly passionate about now. Censorship and Chinese cinema. Um, the Chinese film censors have altered the ending of Minions, the rise of Gru. OK. I'm totally on non-familiar territory here. And I've never seen a Minions film. They're the little or yellow the rise things, of Gru. Right? I know, I've, re I've seen the pictures, right. so, yeah, okay. I know roughly what they are. Um, uh, it sounds like... Porn anyway, but it's not, I guess, fifth film in, uh, in the Despicable Me franchise that this is from. Uh, so it says, in this national version of the movie, Gru and Wild Knuckles escape punishment for their misdeeds after Knuckles fakes his own death. This is definitely what? not about porn addiction again. No, definitely it? not. No. Are you sure? It sounds pretty bleak. Knuckles faking his own death. Thing. Is it a children's yes. thing? It is. But no, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious because they did this with Fight Club a while ago in China. They had this ending like, but then they were captured by the police and it was all fine. Yes. And that's what they do. Now they've attached it to minions, which is you know, when you've got really authoritarian, when it's minions that you're censoring, he's saying it was all fine. And they've put this hilarious bit in that he, he ends up behind bars, discovers a love of acting, establishes an amateur theatre troupe. And they said that he, the other cat grew in the Chinese ending, returned to his family, and it was claimed that his biggest achievement is being a father to his three girls. Ah. Now, I actually approve of that, because they've made it moral. See, here's my... I'm torn on this, because it's totally absurd to put authoritarian endings on your films where the authorities win, but... Is it totally absurd to have an inherent moral morality to the stories? Yes. We saw Game yes. No, it's not, because we saw Game of Thrones. Yes. It was an amoral series that tried to say there was no morality, and it, that's why it ended so it badly. It didn't try to say and that. It ended spoiler, brilliantly. Spoiler alert, that's why Jon Snow didn't win properly. It should have ended with, with morality. No. You just want a happy ending, basically. Game of Thrones ended I, wonderfully. I, I want to make the case for more, Frank Capra believers. I want to bring in morality. Look at The Boys, this nihilistic series. It's horrific. There's all these horrific series. What's wrong with having actual proper endings that are happy endings and things are resolved. Well, it depends on how you see the craft of making cinema because sometimes people aren't just sending a moral message. That, in fact, I find that the most boring kind of cinema. I'd rather have things that... Tolkien I mean, had happy endings. So what? C.S. Lewis. But that doesn't mean that everything has to. Not everything doesn't I mean, have to. I mean, isn't it quite interesting that, that Game of Thrones things, depicted it's, it's nice they... amorality and the concept of amoral people? So you don't know who the good guys and it bad guys are. It is interesting, but that's why it ended incorrectly. Because incorrectly? Because they, incorrectly. Yeah, because that's a correct way. You should work for the Chinese way. Communist Party. You <laughs> really should. I, I should, but I'll be, it'll be different. It'll be my, again, I don't want to say it again, but it'll be, it'll be my Christian theocracy where there will be moral endings to every story. But they don't change the ending. The minions. They just put, Sorry, Kerry. They just this put a fat card up to explain that something else yes. happened that didn't yes. happen in the film. So they didn't make a new ending. No, it's a, make a whole new ending. They told a new ending. <laughs> they just said, oh, we didn't... It's like putting one at the end of Turner and Hooch and saying, oh, well, don't worry, the dog actually lived. Yeah. It's like just trying to fix yes. the film. It's ridiculous. Yes, at the end of, at the end of, but, uh, of Game of Thrones, they put up one saying uh, that the, the, the dragon and everyone else lived happily ever after and all realised right, that love was the best Nick thing. Wants that. that would be a better ending than the end of Series 8. That would be a better ending. Breaking Bad, he takes up gardening and says, this is really lovely, it makes me happy. He breaks good. Yeah. Uh, Nick, never get involved in the cinema industry, please. <laughs> Let's move on now. Uh, this is uh, The Times once more. And I cannot believe this one, Carrie. 
That's a pun that someone wrote for me. I think it's yours, actually. No, no, we're skipping that one. We've gone with yours, your leaf one. Well, someone's going oh, to really? talk about the leaf thing, I've introduced there it you now. Go. Oh, I really like that as well. Never mind. Um, OK, that, this is... A piece of news never happened. <laughs> we're not doing that one, <laughs> Do the leaf no, we're one. No, we're talking like about the artificial... OK, um, uh, this is from The Times. An artificial leaf that can turn sunlight... Uh, water and CO2 into clean fuel, which I think is a lovely story because after all the doom and the gloom and the everything going up and everything damaged, broken that we've been hearing, here is something that actually fixes something. Uh, it's an artificial leaf, although I don't know what an artificial leaf is. because It's not know, a leaf, really, is it? It's, it's, it looks more like a blanket. Um, so inventors at the Cambridge University have developed an artificial leaf that produces clean fuel. Uh, they've tried it on the River Cam and it's very successful. I know how this is going to end. I've figured out what's going on in this programme, is that our last story is going to be about a leaf of some kind that they've invented that goes on the sea that turns sewage into sort of something really nice that fish yeah. love to eat. Because then there'll be and an art this to big, the show. There's going to be an no, art No, it's just tonight. a card that comes up and says, and the police lovely. solved it all. Yeah, it's going to be so, really wonderful. Nick, do you, I mean, this is just a, an interesting sort of scientific development, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a nice feel-good story. I think Kerry's summed it up already. There's, there's not that much more to it. I think the scientist who's, who's come up with this needs to go and visit the scientist who's discovered that giving children sweets and food in a car will calm them down for a few minutes, and he needs to slap them with that leaf and go, this is what science is, mate. There we go. Another problem solved tonight on Headliners. Tuesday's Guardian now, uh, <coughs> and I cannot belie believe this uh -oh. one either. <laughs> That's Nick. good stuff, Andrew, yeah. <laughs> new, new wildflower havens in South Downs National Park boost bee numbers. Right. So bees, you've all heard of them, and this is, this is a new way of helping out the bees. So Sussex residents have raised 75,000 to help a young charity, Bee Lines, see what they did there, yep. plant wildflower oases. And this is how they're doing it. And, and apparently almost 90% of wild plants and 75% of crops depend on animal pollination. And that's from the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation. They've, they've branched said it. They've out. got involved. No pun intended. Yeah, they've branched out and they've... Uh, this, is a this is from the guy, and this is classic pro-bee propaganda from the left-wing media. But I actually am pro-bee. Oh, right. Probably, yeah. And they've done it by creating wildflower corridors, which I have no idea what those are, but that's good, isn't it? They are good. They're I'm my really happy kind with of that. Corridors. Why, totally. why are bees so necessary? I mean, I don't like bees. Because they, they pollinate everything that leads to just about everything we, we eat, use, uh, clothes and so on. And uh, for a long time, we've been for decades now, uh, the fear has been that the, the bees die, we die, mm -hmm. uh, effectively. So this is like massive news. This is like, I, I can't believe how this programme's going. It's so wonderful. It started off, it was going all down, and now every story is going to lift us. I hope the next one yeah, isn't going to be a downer. I've been attacked by bees. But I'm not, is, not too much Are you anti-bee? Because I think of them as vital ecosystem engineers. No, I do. I see them as that, but I also think they have social issues. They can be quite antisocial. Yeah, you angered them, yeah. Andrew. You angered them. I, I wasn't doing anything. Maybe they're homophobic. <laughs> Maybe they're homophobic bees. <laughs> we need to consider it. Perfectly possible. Let's move on now to a story from Tuesday's Telegraph. Uh, and at this rate, vegans, they're going to starve to death, aren't they? Yeah, what, I mean, we're going down, we're down here again now. But um, <laughs> vegans, vegans are upset because uh, with Tesco because the fruit they sell isn't actually vegan, which is extraordinary to think that fruit might not be uh, suitable for vegans, but it's been, uh, it has, some of it has, uh, it contains shellac, a resin secreted by the female lac bug, which when I first read that, I thought, would you really blame Tesco for something a lac bug does, you know, especially the female. I mean, What's the a male, lac bug? I, who, no one cares or really knows what they just Spell L-A-C. L-A-C. It's a, thing, you know? LAC, it's a, a lac, lac, bug. lac bug, you know, a lac bug. Yeah. Oh, I as know a, a lac bug. As opposed to other kind of bugs. As a, yeah, it's it's like, like a, a minion. Bug. Lac bug. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, the, the male lac bug obviously isn't behaving like this, so I don't see why the female lac bug is, has to. This is That's actually, what I've always said. This is quite horrifying, though, <laughs> in a way, like... So this article points out, if, if you order... Uh, a Coke with a slice of lemon in it, you've got bits of bug in it because they, yes. they sort of wax the lemon 
with the bug. You know what I'm going to say? Go on. That's how they get you used to eating the bugs. You know, oh, Klaus this, Schwab, oh, Schwab. You will eat the bugs and be happy. I know nothing. You know about this. Um, well, <laughs> I, I saw this sentence. Tesco has come on the fire for selling fruit that is not suitable for vegans. I just thought it sounds like a feat of science. That is genius that he yeah. came up with fruit that wasn't suitable for vegans. The one thing that must be suitable for vegans and you made it unsuitable. This, is, this could be how we phase the vegans out. But how can you... You can't You want to fade them out? Well, I'm not saying I want to. I'm saying we God, might I try I only it. want to win children, but you're like <laughs> vegan. It sounded a bit genocidal, Horrible. Nick. Oh, yeah, Saz. I mean, the problem is, though, satire. like, you can't really be a vegan if insects <laughs> are not on your list because we swallow insects all the time by accident. When you're out we? running and sleeping. Yes, yeah. If you're running or in your sleep. Apparently. You know? Especially if you put honey on your lips before you yeah, sleep. Yeah, if you do that. Honey or jam. It can, and you it, get more of them. Exactly. So it can <laughs> definitely happen. Yeah. So is, there, is there really such a thing as a vegan? Great point. Um, yeah. It's probably not a pure vegan, but I think it's still there's an expectation. It says here a user named Amy wrote blah, 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 that she assumed fruit would always be vegan. And I read that sentence, and before even understanding how she feels, my first thought is, why are they calling her a user? That's not nice, is it? I think that's, that's the <laughs> essential quest the of the vegan. And yeah. then there's purity that can never be truly fulfilled. So they're out running, they get a bug in their mouth, and they hate themselves. It's like a kind of self-flagellation, the kind of, you know, old-school religious thing. I, just don't, I don't think it's Vegan should be. Yeah, I don't think a vegan though should uh, be expected to eat nothing to do with meat. The same as a meat eater shouldn't eat only meat. You know, I can't claim but that somehow vegetables get into my you diet. You think vegans should just sometimes eat meat? Yeah. Well, I think it's going to happen. I think you've slightly no misunderstood the point, Kerry. I think what it is the to endeavor be is everything. Surely. Oh, okay. Let's move on. Um, we're going to go to Tuesday's Daily Star, and yes, this is the uh, this is the big one. Your entire career has led to this one. Nick, I think this is a massive story. You must mean the Peppa Pig one, Andrew. Of course. It's the Peppa Pig controversies, gangster life, penis lollies and bacon sarnie endorsement. So these are about all the terrible things Peppa Pig has been involved in. So <laughs> some of them aren't actually that bad. Like, Peppa Pig got herself involved in a row around sexism when the London Fire Brigade called out the piglet for using the word fireman instead of firefighters. Yes, I remember No one that. in England says firefighters. We say firemen. I don't care. No, I remember all these feminists saying that that would actually discourage young girls from entering the fire yes, service. Yes, but that's stupid. Whereas, Why is that stupid? It's silly. Whereas some of these are actually <laughs> Not even really... Not going to argue the point. It's just a fact. Just some of these are it. really actually good, Nick though. spoken. Some of these are actually genuinely bad. Like, Peppa Pig promoted the vax. You know, Peppa Pig uh, said it was in line for its vaccine just 10 days after the NHS began vaccinating kids between the ages of 12 and 15. That's Chinese stuff. That's, that's sinister CCP stuff. And also, it tried, the pig tried to promote bacon, which is like cannibalism. Where did the pig promote bacon? The pig promoted bacon. There was an Edinburgh cafe slammed for using the image of a pepper... Well, actually, OK, it was the Edinburgh cafe, really. Yeah, it was fault. a cafe that did it, and then Peppa yes. Pig got blamed for it. Yeah, you're that's right. I blame so you're victim-blaming. You're, you're right, victim I'm victim-blaming. But the point is... And there was also the penis lolly that was a lolly that had what they claimed was an arm but looked like a penis. I did check it. I didn't want to Google Peppa Pig penis lolly, but why I put it, arm. Why and it, it, it does look you like You worry about your search record? I am a little bit. Yeah, what do you, I, you look up Peppa Pig? I don't know if you know this, Carrie, but people on this channel are tracked by the government. <laughs> Carry on. For goodness <laughs> sake. Why is it so bad that Peppa Pig would advertise bacon? Because you see, you know, anthropomorphised creatures advertising their own brands all the time. It would be cannibalism, Andrew. Yeah, but you have no Mr Whippy advertised, the, the man with the ice cream with the face advertises ice cream. Ice cream's not a meat. No, but he's still inviting people to eat, <laughs> That's eat a good point. people of his own kind. Yes. So I'm... I don't think Peppa Pig should be trashed also, for this. It's also, though, Peppa Pig... I mean, this one is uh, Peppa Pig was, was seen not wearing a seatbelt, and that might encourage children not to wear a seatbelt, but cartoon characters run off the edge of cliffs. They do. Yes. They do all but they, they, stay, they stay in the air for a they bit, though, don't they? They, they, they hang stay in the air for a bit. What do you mean they, they well, stopped no, doing they, it? They did stop doing all of that. You're thinking of, like, Wiley E. Coyote yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. They were, were risk-takers back then. It but was they, too fast. It's very anesthetised cartoon. Really? 
Yeah, watch some cartoons. I need to watch more cartoons. Everyone's I thought they still jump off cliffs. No, they don't do anything. They used to crush each other with big weights. He used to have booby traps. Yeah, all that kind of thing. Yeah, terribly dangerous stuff. But yeah. they don't do it anymore. What happens now? They just talk about feminism. They just sit around knitting. There's health and safety among cartoon characters. They, well, yes, because they believe that it sets a bad example for children. Wow. You know, which it, you know. Anyway, nonsense. Let's move on from Peppa Pig. That was an important story, obviously, but we can't very important thing. Tuesday's Independent. This article actually reassures me. Uh, Kerry, what's this about? Uh, a new study that shows that dogs cry happy Lovely. tears um, when, when their owners come home. They might cry sad tears, but the study didn't go far enough to look into whether unhappy tears were a thing, which I'd assume they must be. If a dog cries happy tears, you would have thought sad tears. So the type of thing is when the, uh, the dog's owner comes home, the dog is very happy, which we already knew the dog is happy, but I think it's quite interesting to know that dogs cry. Are they emotional, then? Is that what they're suggesting, that this they're, is an actual...? Well, I think we've always known dogs are emotional. They're clearly very emotional creatures, but not that they produce tears as such, or they cry as, in, in a way that, it's as humans, sweet, we would understand. It? So it's, it's a lovely story. You like dogs, don't you, Nick? Oh, I love dogs. I'm very pro-dog. I'm anti-cat. Really? But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's to do with oxytocin. I, don't, I believe this, because dogs, when you get back from holiday or whatever, I, I don't have holidays anymore, but when, when I used to be able to do them, you get back and the dog, would, you, my dog would start smiling. Yeah. It couldn't physically smile, so it would twitch its mouth up weirdly at the side, but you knew it was smiling. And now they can actually cry tears of happiness, and I believe that, because dogs are great. I mean, well, you should great. believe it, because it's a fact. It says it here, they well, yeah, discovered it, it, that. They cover a lot of things that are, may or may not be true. They, they've also discovered it's that dogs... It's in the independent, Kerry. Um, dogs, it says dogs, they've discovered dogs laugh when you pick up their poo in the park. No, they don't. They giggle. <laughs> Unbelievable. They do. Look, do you think there is a risk? I mean, in all seriousness, we do anthropomorphise dogs a lot. And we sometimes, you know, we think that we interpret them in the way that humans interact. And sometimes we're just getting it wrong. I mean, that's, that's my understanding of it. You know, when a dog licks your face, it's not because it's affectionate, it's because it, you've got traces Salt. of food mm. on your face. It's deep, deep down, it wants to eat your face. Oh, well, it would if you died. Yeah. No, well, see, I don't really believe I that. So. Dogs would protect you. Cats would kill you. If cats were big enough, they would kill you. Specifically, you. Let's start I don't with think you. A cat would <laughs> cares about you. I don't think cats cares would one way kill or another. You. I'm telling cats you, are not affectionate. I've watched though, people with cats. I've watched cats. I've studied them. They would. They're just not big enough anymore. Right? They used to be like big. They're too small, but they would definitely kill you. Whereas dogs would save you. Okay. Well, enough cat dog debate. We're on to the metro Hashtag now. Uh, and something I like to think we've been doing this evening: brain stimulation. We Nick, have we've been doing a lot of that. Yeah. Electrical brain stimulation may improve memory in elderly people, study claims. So right. 20 minutes of stimulation on four consecutive days can improve two different types of memory. Also, 20 minutes of stimulation on four consecutive... Old school joke I was going to do. I backed out of it. It was about memory. Um, I was going to do the do same it. joke. Twice, and I backed out. Oh, this, this is Robert Reinhardt at the uh, Boston University. He tested this on 150 people between ages 65 and 88. And he basically yeah. found that they could remember far more words. It went up by about 50%. If they, uh, if they had this electrical stimulation, they put a, a special cap on them and zap them. So this them. is a good news story. This is a great news story. Yeah, yeah we are we in can actually... good, We started off with price caps and now we're on sort of like head caps. You're right. Yeah. We've come on, which help you remember things. So and, can, uh, this, can this research be developed further and can it be more permanent? Uh, I think can it's it really... be used against vegans somehow? They remember extra... <laughs> You're determined to end <laughs> vegans. You hate vegans, Nick. <laughs> Just um, pants. I, I, they put the cap on them and they electrocute... It's a lovely story. They, they electrocute these old people... I, I don't think that's quite... Well, well they're sort of being smart. On, and they remember a few extra words. So, in the test, they sort of go... <laughs> my, um, my, my middle name's Harry. Like yeah, you read happens. this very quickly, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's what I, I skimmed thought. it. That's what I thought. But I liked it, you know. We should zap you and make you read it again to see if you remember more. Right, we're going to finish now. This is uh, Tuesday's Guardian. And uh, cinemas, are cinemas relevant anymore? What's happening to Cineworld? Apparently, they're filing for bankruptcy. 
Yeah, Cineworld confirms it's looking at filing for bankruptcy in US, and uh, this is it says it's it, it says it after accumulating four billion in debt during yeah. the coronavirus pandemic. But every time I see that, I it's changed that and put in needless lockdowns. Basically, the lockdown has ended cinema. Obviously, not just lockdown. You've got the fact that we've got massive tellies, we've got streaming, right. and we've got the fact that people are really annoying in cinemas, so you can just stay at home. So cinemas are struggling. Totally, you're not surprised. Do you know, do you know the cinema, why cinemas were originally invented? And it was to, to have a place to eat popcorn. Because eating popcorn is so disgusting. You know, you know when you, you get a handful of them and you get, for every three that goes in your mouth, one goes on the floor. I mean, have you seen when the lights come on at the end of a yeah, film? And the floor is covered in popcorn. So you... they needed somewhere where people could do that. And they put on films. <laughs> they put on films just to give them some kind of excuse because otherwise it'd be embarrassing. Yeah, it's a lovely flight of fancy. It was all big popcorn would... behind this. Yes. Big, popcorn. <laughs> big popcorn. I would suggest, though, that the experience of being at a cinema. It's worth it because you're out there with other people. and it, yes. you know, com Comedy films are so much better when you watch them with other people. Everyone's laughing along. Horror films are much better. Everyone's screaming along. Isn't that what it's all about? No? Uh, well, um, definitely. Uh, Misanthropist. No, 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 carry on. No, no, I have you, nothing Nick. good. I have no, nothing no. good. I have nothing to add, but no, I know I was, you do. I was going to say, I, I, yeah, I love the cinema, but I hate people, so it's really difficult. It's a difficult <laughs> dilemma. Difficult. I think it's, everything's better when it's in a, in a group, but at the it same time. It absolutely is. Anyway, that's all we've got time for. Thank you to my brilliant guests, Kerry Marks and Nick Dixon. Headliners will be back tomorrow at 11 o'clock with myself, Paul Cox and Leo Kurse. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.